this episode of Cardinals Cast, I chatted with draft expert Mason McCray to discuss potential draft picks this year for the Cardinals. Out of potential guys, you could see the Cardinals selecting at 18. Who are you higher on and who are you lower on? Uh, definitely Trey Sweeney for guys that could be available there. Like, I think he goes the next picks after the Cardinals, like the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and then maybe to the Braves or athlete athletics, like somewhere around there. I think that's a guy that would probably be a really good value at 18. Cause I think he'd be about 500,000 under the slot and maybe a slightly more. So they'd save up money for potentially a guy like James Wood, who they could have taken at 18 falling down into the second and make your ad. Uh, and then a guy that I probably wouldn't want to take at 18 that I'm lower on is probably Michael McGreevy just because he's a sinker baller with optimal usage in college. So his numbers are a bit inflated. And I, I mean, I've see I have command scores on him and Hogland in comparison. I mean, Hogland's about 10% better with regards to fastball command. So I think McGreevy in college, the fact that he's getting whiffs, it's not sustainable at the next level because of the shape of his pitches. And I think that he's going to have to throw more pitches, which leads just his zone percentage having a more important effect on his control. And so the more pitch he throws, the more balls he'll throw. And the fact that guys make contact at about 89% of the time in college, odds are it'll be even higher in Pro Bowl. Do you see some of the higher-end high school arms dropping to the second round? Yeah, it depends on who you view as like a, a top high school guy. Like, who are you thinking? Like, like the Lawler-Mayer like the... types? The high school pitching, so uh, Petty, Andy Painter, Solomon Meadow. Yeah, I think Pain- Painter, uh, maybe Solomento, Petty for sure, Gage Jump. Like three of those four guys could potentially be available. To be honest, with your second pick, uh, Painter would probably be the best bet to fall there, just because I think Gage Jump either goes before that or ends up going to school, and then I think. Petty probably goes right before that, and then Solomato probably goes like right around the Cardinals' first pick. But like, if a signability thing comes up, I could totally see one of them dropping to that spot. Another guy I'm really intrigued by is ECU second baseman Connor Norby. Last year, with our second round competitive balance pick, we took Alec Burleson, who's also out of ECU, and he's performed really well uh, in the pros so far. I just wanted to ask you, like, what's the profile for Norby? Yeah, like Norby could honestly go in the first round to like the Indians, Rays, or Dodgers who value contact really heavily, and he's up there for contact rates, and he's also one of the few guys who's above 85% hits balls harder than 105 miles an hour, and he's also playing second base, which obviously is more of a shift-induced position for a premium-wise, but it's still somewhat important just for athleticism and the fact that you have to move up the middle of the field. So if Norby is available at 45, I mean, that's – that's a pick you got to hit. Uh, 54, but... 54, yeah. okay, sorry. I was going to ask a more of a, like a general type question here. So, like, every draft has these under-the-radar guys that don't get picked until later later rounds become, you know, more well-known. Do you Who do you think in this draft could possibly, you know, get picked in a later round but still perform really well in the pros and, you know, ha- maybe even have a decent career? Uh, I'll go with somebody like Chase Mason, who could be like a slight overslot either in like the fifth to seventh rounds or like a 600K signing on day three. He's just like really good blast day. It looked good in the spring. I mean, that's just kind of someone I would absolutely love to overslot. And then someone like Mason Strong, who's from in the middle of nowhere, committed 
Brigham U University. Uh, he's just a catcher, raw athleticism. It's like if you took Harry Ford's profile and toned it down probably a slightly notch on every single like tool, that's probably what strong is where he could play like center field because he's just so athleticism or so athletic, but he's playing catcher because like he's good enough to play the spot too. And then he's just good bat speed, hits for power. I mean, if you could get him for like 800K on day three too, that's someone that could blow up. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, Jackson Job. Uh, I think in your last mock, you had him dropping a little bit, uh, and I, I just I was wondering, is there any way he's there at eighteen? Like, uh, I I doubt it to be honest. Like, he wants top ten money, and so either like there's going to come a point where the team at eighteen, like the Cardinals at eighteen, just couldn't give him that money just because of the amount of money they have in their pool. Yeah, and I like I feel like if he gets to even net the Nationals at eleven, like he's probably gone. To be honest, uh, I was going to ask about actually Harry Ford. Seeing as Cardinals don't have too much depth uh, in the catcher position, we have uh, Herrera. We traded for uh, Rodriguez, but I mean we don't really have too much to fall back on. Do you think Harry Ford could be a possible? a guy that we could pick up who could really benefit us in the future. Yeah, that would be an amazing pick for you guys. Uh, I'm not sure if he'd be a catcher or a center fielder or where the heck he'd, they'd play him, but, I mean, his bat's so good. I don't think you worry about anything, to be honest. Like, he's just such a good athlete. Like, he just does everything well, to be honest, that it's – like, I don't know how he's not getting projected to go higher. I just think it's the prep catcher tag, even though, like, if you want to put him in center field, he could probably play the spot because he's just so talented. What about a guy like Peyton Stovall? I know the card. I've. I'm pretty sure the Cardinals are connected to him. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, he, that's sort of like the Connor Norby profile, where it's like contact over power at second base. That's basically what you'd be getting at that spot. And the fact that the Dodgers like him as well just kind of tells you that he's probably good. One guy we haven't talked about too much, Ty Madden. Uh, could you talk a little bit about him? What you like? What you don't? Yeah, he is one of the best sliders in the draft, to be honest. I wish he threw it more in college. It's only about, like, 35%, but uh, that's kind of the, the reason why I like him so much, that and the fact that he's sitting 93, 98. But uh, his fastball is just – it's it's a, it's a massive debate. Uh, whether or not it's a four-seamer at the next level or it's a sinker, I personally would probably go with a sinker, just to be honest, just because he's already throwing it with somewhat low efficiency right now, so perhaps you can try and turn it into, like, a steep approach angle sinker with some sort of a seam-shifted wake effect to it, but I'm not sure. It's it's It looks like a relief profile, to be honest, even with the starter performance at the college level. He just hasn't thrown a third pitch this off, that often this year. It's He's had a change up this year, and he had a curveball last that he's just rarely thrown this year. Another guy, um, he's actually number eighteen on MLB.com's prospect or draft prospect list. Uh, right-hand pitcher Andrew Painter. What do you think? Do you think that he's got the kind of stuff that we might need in the next few years? Yeah, he's sitting ninety-five, ninety-six. You know, as an eighteen-year-old with massive size, he's got four pitches already. I think he's actually added a fifth one. He has a fastball that plays like a four-seamer with a high, high-release vertical slot up in the zone. 
It's got a slider curveball changeup, and then I think he added a cutter in the 89 to 91 range. So, I mean, like, he's got so many pitches to work with. The slider is extremely good. It's like a sweeper at, like, 83 miles an hour. His curveball plays more like a power slur, which is, I guess, all right because he throws it hard enough where it plays well. And he just – you throw like, he pitches like someone you'd, ex- you'd expect to throw, you know, when you, when you draft a guy in the first round. So, I couldn't see why the, someone like the Cardinals wouldn't want him. A couple of years ago, the Cardinals took a flyer on – now LSU pitcher Jaden Hill in the later rounds. He's been out with Tommy John, and he didn't really perform too well this year. Do you? Th- where do you think he's going to go in the draft, and could he be maybe a second-round pick for us? Uh, potentially, yeah. No one's really talked about Jaden Hill. Like Nobody re- seems to really have any idea where he's going to go, to be honest. It seems like he could go like from 24 to like 60. Like, like he might, he's probably going to ask for like $2 million. So at what point do you think it's worthwhile to give a guy who didn't perform, who has a suboptimal fastball shape, that much money when you're basically giving him that much money under the belief that he's going to throw a decent slider and a change up. And then you're just going to kind of work with that. Would you give me a profile of Ryan Cusick? Uh, what do you like about him, what you don't? Yeah, he's basically like Ty Madden with a lower release. So his fastball has a somewhat flatter approach angle, although he has a similar movement profile to it where it has slight cut with slight ride, so it plays all right with his velocity. And then he just has a really hard curveball that he throws at 79, 83. He has a ton of vertical drop, although it like sometimes plays like a slurve when he gets to the side of it. It's probably a relief profile as well although like if you could if you could fix you know the secondaries and turn the change up into a better pitch maybe you can get yourself a starter with him have we talked about salamero we have not no promising lefty thoughts on him yeah he, yeah he's really good uh, obviously like prep righty or prep lefty so there's somewhat risk but like he moves well. Like I, I like the way where he, his body moves, what positions he gets to. He gets good results too. He got good results in the showcase circuit this summer. Uh, four pitches that are really good. He's added a curveball that kind of blends into the slider at times, but the fastball actually has decent movement on it, and he actually gets somewhat carry on it too, which is impressive given the release profile. But uh, I, like that's someone that I feel like is going to go like nineteen. To the Blue Jays, you're really high on Gage Jump. Uh, you're a lot higher on him than most people. Why is that? And if if he drops to 18, would that be a good pick for the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean it depends on who you ask. If they took him at 18, I think he'd be a great pick. He's one of the best pitchers in this draft, and I don't care what demographic you're talking about. He has the second best fastball in this draft, probably if you include command. If you didn't, it'd probably be third behind Griff McGarry and Lighters, but. If you include command, I think it's second behind lighters. It's got one of the better curveballs in the class that plays out the fastball well. He added like a sweeping slider that he threw one game randomly and it looked good. He has, he has a changeup that he really like didn't throw all that much unless he wanted to because the fastball curveball were so good, but it's it's another plus pitch. Like, yes, three plus pitches, and if you want to call the fastball plus plus, I would agree with you as well. It's 
I mean, it's 94, 96 with high efficiency from a vertical slot. It's amazing. With what Otani's doing right now, do you think more teams are going to give a shot at two-way sensations might, that might be able to do something on both sides the way that he has, or, I mean, even half the way that he has, like guys like uh, Spencer Schwellenbach? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I think Otani is just an absolute unicorn, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just such a good athlete. Like, you look, there, like so many guys have been two-way guys. Like, Burleson was a left-handed pitcher as well at ECU. Mason Wynn, obviously, as well, plays two positions. Uh, for every, like, Otani, I feel like there's, like, the, the first baseman left-handed pitcher out of uh, Louisville that the Rays took. Like, he seems to be, like, a – like a decent hitter that they've kind of given up pitching wise. I want to say he did pitch in the MLB. I know this year, but uh, McKay, right? I don't know. What was that? Brendan McKay, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was playing. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough with two way guys. Cause like, I feel like some people like to blend the, their grades into one. So it's like, if they're a 50 hitter and a 50 pitcher, like they're become like some people think like it's like a 55 overall profile when I don't, that's just not the way I view it because I think like you need to make it at one. So I prefer a 55 hitter and a 40 pitcher over like a 50 and a 50, because at least I'm getting one of them is guaranteed probably going to be an MLB player. So that's yeah. just tough. But like if, if you're dead set on some guy having the tools to be an MLB player at one of the two, and he also plays another, like I don't see it, it probably should, wouldn't hurt you to also give them an opportunity on that side too. Kind of like with the Cardinals with Win, like they're letting him hit most of this year, right? Yeah, he's been playing shortstop. He hasn't pitched yet, but I'm sure he'll get an opportunity sometime. But he's been hitting well, um, playing for Palm Beach, which is an advanced league for his age, and he's been holding his own there. So I don't know. We'll see. But another guy, uh, talk about two-way players, Bubba Chandler. I don't think we've talked too much about him. Do you like him more as a pitcher or position player and – could that be a potential fit at 18? Uh, I think 18 would be honestly a little bit way too early uh, for me. Uh, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Bubba to be honest. He's somewhat outdated now, just because he's like a high release type of prep pitcher that has like a sinker look to it. Uh, like I think people like him just because of projection, the fact that he's played football. So you know, like you think you're going to get him into your system and you're going to be able to work around with him and just kind of fine tune some of his mechanics because he hasn't fully played the sport. Uh, like it's, I, I'm not a big fan of those profiles to be honest anymore. How does this draft as a whole compare to last year? Uh, so I would have lighter third if I blended the two classes together and I'd probably have, I think I have eight less guys with first round grades this year. So as a, in the first round last year's was far better, but the fact that so many people ended up at school and ended up on junior college campuses, I think this year depth-wise is way better. I don't have the exact number, but I want to say it's about 450 guys this year on my board have draftable grades, which means I give them 125000 or more based on just pure talent in the first 10 rounds, not including, like, age, obviously. But – uh and I, like last year, I think I had about 380. That number could be a little bit low or high. I'm not sure. But like this year, there's so many more guys 
that seem to be capable of holding their own in pro ball. Thanks for joining us, Mason. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys.